Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. It has been a busy day. I got up a little bit later than I have been, but it's been good. Uh, and it's actually been probably, I don't know, five or six days, maybe a little bit more since I've done the podcast. I've been busy and life has been busy. And sometimes I just kind of let it slip my mind until I'm already in bed or I even forget for the whole day. But it's been really, really good. I've had a lot going on. So let's kind of recap some of the things that we have had happen since last week. And we can go through and and talk about some of the things I've been working on. And so I think the main things that I worked on was I read a book. I think it was by Scott Margolius and it was called proven plans of action or plans of action it was about, it was about writing a plan of action for an Amazon seller account if you were to be at risk of deactivation and they asked you what's your plan of action and so I read through that I'd highly recommend it I'm not affiliated with them but again good tool very good book I think that if you were to plan on taking Amazon like as a either a side hustle or a full-time thing where you actually want to be serious about it and run it like a business I think it's a must read. So that was something that I read. It was good. I learned a lot from that. And then other things that I did. In the book, he also talked about a little bit of how you need to have kind of your your T's crossed, your I's dotted, and minding your P's and Q's and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the things he said was about having all of your contact information match what you have on Amazon. And I do that for all of my stuff, but I don't use the same email for a lot of my purchases as I use for Amazon. And the reason for that is because I set up an email like last year sometime that basically just has all of my accounts that I buy on go to that email. So it's very easy to find the invoices and stuff. and It's not mixed in with personal. And you would have thought, hey, that, that would be something you would do a while ago. But I ended up just not ever doing that. And I had an email that I originally set up for stuff that had been business related back in college I started using it for other things you know uh, somebody needed like an email for I don't know uh, some sort of like contact or something like that and I just give them that because it was simple to remember and so that turned into now I wanted to have another email that I could just keep my invoices in but it didn't match my Amazon account and so I talked to some people they said it's not a big deal but if I'm really going to make sure that I'm kind of as, as on the straight and narrow as I can be with Amazon with with things that are easy to do making the emails match is just something that makes sense. So I went and I bought a domain name, which super cheap. I think it's like seven bucks a year. Um, so it's not that hard to, to buy a domain name. And then I went and took that and went to Google and you can get like a business account. Now you can do like their business plus account. And that's probably if you have like a bigger business and you have multiple people, I did whatever their like basic business account is. I think it's six bucks a month. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to take the domain name that you purchased and use that as the end of your email. So instead of being at gmail.com, it says at whatever your website is.com or .xyz or whatever you use. I ended up buying a .com and let's just talk about this for a minute because this is something I want to unpack. I am in this for the long game and hoping and praying I don't get suspended for something dumb, right? Like that's that's kind of the goal. And even if I did, I, I would figure out a plan of action. And if I needed to get uh, professionals involved, I wouldn't, all that kind of stuff. But let's just say that this is a, a very long-term thing and I'm not looking at this as a one or two-year business. I'm looking at this five, 10 years down the road, what I want to be doing. I think that this is a very big uh, opportunity. I think Amazon is one of the biggest opportunities and I've been somewhat foolish to overlook it, but also grateful that I've been able to build up some capital and also learn a little bit more about business and kind of build some of the tools that I'm using in my Amazon business over the last two years. So kind of as an aside, I think my bookkeeping has been good. I think the way that I'm keeping stuff and 
organizing my business is very good. So that now Amazon, which is a big player um, and maybe the biggest opportunity for e-commerce right now, other than maybe a Shopify store, but let's just say Amazon's the biggest because they do have the most traffic. That is something that I want to be doing as well as possible. And so for the past two years, I've been working on eBay, then building some tools out in Airtable and stuff that allows me to keep track of my business. I've built out an organization kind of, I don't know, structure for my business that helps me run it as efficiently as possible, at least for now. It's not as efficient as it could be, but it's as efficient as I can get it right now with the tools at my disposal, with the people that I have on my team, which is just me and a virtual assistant who does some bookkeeping and listing for me. And so over the past two years, it's kind of led up to me being able to do Amazon and being able to kind of have the tools to go into there and feel very confident that I can do a good job on it. And so that may have been like, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset that I didn't do Amazon earlier for that reason, but I am a little bit upset because it would have been good to have known a lot more now than I do, I guess. So like learning some of the stuff previously would have been helpful to know now. So just kind of wishing I'd have gotten into it a little bit earlier, but overall I feel very confident in what I can do. But let's go back to that dot-com thing what I was talking about. So Amazon, 50% of all sales in a day on e-commerce have it on Amazon. And I believe that 75% of products listed on amazon.com are actually by third-party sellers. And so when you're looking at that, 50% of all sales online are by Amazon. I think 20-ish percent is Walmart, right? So you're getting around 70 to 75% of all sales between those two platforms. So if you can run those two platforms, you can do a good job on those platforms. You're playing like with the big boys at that point because you're like eBay's not that large compared to those. It's larger compared to Walmart, right? Like it's 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 a larger platform. It's not larger than Walmart, but it it looks a little bit more uh, like a large platform when you're comparing it to Walmart because Walmart, again, only 20% of all online sales, which is a ton. But when you're looking at Walmart compared to Amazon, I mean, Amazon's over double that, right? So now eBay compared to Walmart, it's a little bit less than that, but it's still, it looks like a, like if Walmart and eBay were the only two online platforms, eBay wouldn't look like a small fish. But when you compare it to Amazon, it really is. And so I've been learning eBay. I've been working on eBay for the past two years, building a business on there, or I guess three years at this point. And now kind of looking at where we are it's uh like amazon is just like the next step right and and why i say that i feel like it's a huge opportunity is because it really is i mean 50 percent of all sales online think about that half of all sales are on this one platform so if you can be on that platform and you can be a successful seller on that platform and build a business on that platform and do the right things and not get suspended or if you do get suspended obviously prove that you're innocent or prove that you won't do it again or whatever you need to do that platform is very valuable. And while it is very tough and while it does demand a lot of attention and while it does demand uh, kind of perfection in a lot of ways, it's it's still such a great opportunity that you can't pass it up. And so that's what I've been doing. And again, let's kind of double back to why I bought an email and why I did a business email. Thinking back on this, I want to kind of go long-term with my Amazon account and this isn't something you need to do, but I can afford six bucks a month. I mean, my business can definitely afford that. I've, I've you know, half the bots that people buy are over $50 a month at this point. So $6 a month isn't really that much. And what it is, is now I have all my invoices going to that email and I can reach out to wholesalers or suppliers whenever I get to that point in my reselling. And I don't have to switch emails. I don't have to worry about my invoices going somewhere else. And it looks professional. You don't want to reach out to them a lot of times with just a Gmail. It doesn't look as professional. Professional companies have professional websites. So it wouldn't be that hard. I've, I've built WordPress websites. I've built one, one or two before. And so I think I built two. I, I kind of played around on one and then I actually built one 
uh, previously. And so I have some WordPress experience. It's not that hard. I can build I can build a pretty decent looking website. And so if I need to do that, I can put one together. I can hire a VA, have them work on that website, make a nice slick looking WordPress website, and then reach out to a supplier and say, hey, here's here's me. Here's my contact number. Here's my website. Here's what I do for a living. And here's my business location. And if you need anything, let me know. And I would love to work with you guys if, if this is something that you want to kind of pursue or whatever and kind of start to reach out to them that way. And it's not it's not that I'm going to have to go back and reset that all up again. I'm not going to have to change my Amazon email. All the stuff's still going to be in one area. It's just, it made a lot of sense for me. It made sense for me to approach it from that standpoint. And again, like the, the thing is, I wanted to have, I don't want to have to remake all my accounts, right? Like that's the other thing. If I'm going to try and purchase all of my stuff on Amazon and you probably don't have to do this. I'm going like, I'm going into like the upper percentile of being like nitpicky about what I want to do on Amazon just because if it gets me even like 1% closer to not having some sort of issue down the road, it's worth it to me because I don't want to have, I don't want to build a business on Amazon and have potential risks. And so looking to eliminate those as early out as possible just saves me headaches down the road. And so starting with this email, I can make my Walmart, my Target, my Best Buy accounts, whatever whatever places I'll be purchasing from, and still use the same email to reach out to suppliers. And I'm not going to have to remake accounts if I want to purchase under you know that new email and I want to change my Amazon to a new email so that it's the same as my suppliers and all that kind of stuff. Now it's all on, under one. And I don't have to worry about changing my Amazon email in the future. It's just going to be one change. It'll be done. And I'll be able to kind of have all the emails in the same inbox and be using all the same accounts that I've always been using it'll be a lot more streamlined that way. And that's something that I'm working at. The other thing is, I think you can share inboxes with Gmail business accounts. And so I could technically share my inbox or at least part of my inbox, I think, with a virtual assistant. So another six bucks a month, give them their own email. And you know, if you hire Jimmy, you know, the, the virtual assistant, you can make Jimmy at, you know, whatever your company name is here.com. And they would have their own email address that they could use if they wanted to reach out to people. But they could also go through the emails that you want to give them. At least I think this is how it works. I've seen people do this before where you can give them either your whole inbox or part of your inbox and then go through and, and do different things with that. So in my instance, if I wanted to take invoices or save emails to a PDF, I could share those with the VA and say, hey, I want you to go through all these emails for the week and uh, save all the ones that, that uh, look like a PDF. And I have experience with that because I gave my old virtual assistant my emails and he got pretty decent at filtering them where he would go, okay, this looks like an invoice, this doesn't, this is an invoice, this isn't. And he would save the ones that were invoices and he had a whole system for how he would save them and the naming convention. So if ever I need to look up an item, I could look up based on the title or I could look up based on the supplier or when it was purchased or what the order number was and I'd be able to locate it on that PDF receipt in about five seconds. And so those sorts of things will save me time in the future. Inevitably, I'll probably have somebody reach out to me from Amazon or a company and say, hey, we want to make sure this is a legitimate product and it's an authentic product can prove it. And I want to have the receipts easily accessible so I'm not looking for them and spending countless hours trying to put all this together and, and kind of freaking out, right? If I have everything where it needs to be, that eliminates a lot of the emotional stress because once you're kind of in that situation, everything feels like, oh no, like, you know, Amazon's reaching out to me. I don't want to get suspended. This is my whole business. This is what I've been working on. And now you're trying to like focus and figure out where that email is or where that receipt is or where it is, that the thing that you're looking for, that's added stress and you don't need that. And so trying to eliminate that and also just trying to be as well organized should, you know, sometime uh, I have to prove documentation. You know, the IRS, they reach out to people randomly and I think they've added like, they've doubled the amount of agents that they have. Now, obviously I, I pay all my taxes and I, I document stuff probably as well as anybody. But 
if for some reason they would say, hey, we want to double check with your records and stuff, I'd be able to pull that really quickly and easily. And so those sorts of things are kind of saving me headaches down the road. Again, trying to eliminate future headaches. And maybe I'm going to the kind of above and beyond reach as to what I would need to do. Probably not going to ever be audited. Probably not going to ever have to really deal with a massive thing on Amazon, but it could happen. And the Amazon thing's a lot more likely of happening because they are Amazon. They're trying to filter out a massive amount of, in, uh, of, of bad actors in their platform. And so when that kind of thing happens, sometimes you do get roped into that and you have to kind of say, hey, hey, uh, Bozo, I'm not supposed to be a bad actor. Like I'm somebody like whoever you're trying to write to in this scenario. Hey, like, don't don't group me in with those people. They are they're obviously doing something they're not supposed to. I sold you know x amount of dollars on the platform over the past year. So you can you could kind of say, hey, I have ninety five or ninety eight percent feedback, and I've sold this amount of, of sales on Amazon. Clearly, I'm not somebody that's just scamming. So you know that kind of stuff that holds some weight as you build your Amazon account up. And so I want to be able to quickly access my documents, and that's just what a company would do. That's what a company should. Do. Companies are supposed to be organized. And they're supposed to be run efficiently. And so with the organization comes efficiency and being able to quickly access documents like that. Like, do you think if you went to a company like Tesla and you asked them for something, they wouldn't be able to pull it out for you pretty quickly? They probably would. It's some piece of documentation. Obviously, they're a bigger company. Maybe they're not as well organized as I think. But I would expect that, right? That's kind of what is expected of a company that's doing scale is that they would be well organized. They would have their their documents in order. They would have all of their stuff easily accessible. If you wanted to pull a drawing out on, on a car, you wouldn't expect to have to go into the back room at Tesla and look for whatever the drawing is of that thing for about an hour and a half or two hours. That's what we had to do at my old my old job, and it was a complete waste of time. Every time I needed a drawing, first off, the drawings were from like the 1970s, or some of them a little bit older than that. And second off, they were all in a big cabinet. Like, who can ever go through that? And, you know, it's really tough to kind of organize that stuff. And so that was something that you wouldn't expect at a larger company like a Tesla. You'd expect them to be able to pull that up fairly easily and say, oh, yeah, that, that door handle over there, we can show you the, the part number and the drawing for that in a matter of minutes or even seconds. We can just look it up real quick. And so... Those sorts of things you'd expect at a big company, and Amazon wants to see that from their sellers. They don't want to see somebody who looks like, I mean, they they probably appreciate mom and pops selling on their platform, but they don't want a business to be run like some old mom and pop that doesn't have their act together. They want it to be run like an efficient store, an efficient business. And so those sorts of things are things that I'm trying to work at and trying to make sure that my business looks good and performs well. And so tracking stuff like that, the other thing that I did, and let's kind of go back at other stuff I've been working on, I put together a sheet for every item that I source that basically shows how to pack it. And you may go, why do you need to do that? Well, A, I have a lot going on. So like sometimes I don't always remember everything about each item. So standardizing most procedures is like the best way to be able to quickly look at a checklist and say, hey, here's what I need to do to be able to make sure this is efficient, make sure that this uh, item is packed properly, whatever you're doing. It's good to have a checklist just because if you have a lot going on, it's hard to kind of keep those things all in your head. And a lot of people try and do that, and that's when you end up making mistakes. So to eliminate that, I, I do SOPs, stand, standard operating procedures for like everything that I do. And I figured out a way. I, I use Airtable, and Airtable basically is like a large database. And they have what's called extensions. They used to be called apps, but they're extensions. Like you have a Chrome extension for Airtable where, where they will allow you to pull data out and show it in different ways. And one of those is... I think it was called like page layout or print layout or something like that, where it allows you to basically make like a Word document that changes based on which record you choose. And so let's say if I want to pull up an item that I'm selling, I'm selling a, I don't know, some pizza sauce, right? And I sell a two pack of that. Well, I just type in that record or I would go to that record 
and it instantly would pull up on this like Word document looking page all the information that I want to show about it. And I've formatted it to show whether or not it needs to be packed in bubble wrap, whether or not it needs to be packed in a box, what sorts of labels go in it, where it even pulls up the Amazon, uh, the image from Amazon into that photo, uh, into like a photo box on the page. So it automatically links in a photo so you can see what the item actually looks like. It pulls in all of this information and there's a part down there where I can write a procedure for how to pack it. And why I would do that would be A, because I need to figure that out. Like I need to kind of go through that process and learn about how to kind of standardize stuff. B, I forget stuff all the time. So like it's it's not something where like, hey, if this if this doesn't match exactly, I may need to put a hey packaging is change sticker on because the packaging may be the same product, but the packaging has changed. Or it may be a breakable object. So you may want to put a fragile sticker on it. Or it may be uh, put in a box where you put a pack of four in a box and you don't want them to open the box because the box is actually protecting whatever's inside. So you say, hey, uh, this is ready to ship. Do not open. Ship as is. You know, stuff like that. You put stickers on that and you need to be able to have a quick way to be able to identify if that needs to go on the item or not. The other reason I have it is because if I ever want to outsource, which I do in the future, I want to be able to outsource the shipping of these items and I could either do that at a prep center or I could hire somebody to help me that would be super easy and, and again the whole thing with Airtable is like everything's automated so now anytime I need to pull up this some sort of like how to prep an item I can quickly pull up a sheet and it's already there for me all the information is in Airtable and again you kind of have to put in the legwork to enter that information at the beginning but now whenever you need that whenever I need that sheet that says hey this is the item here's the photo Here's what sorts of uh, prep work go into it. It's a multi-pack, it's a bundle, it has bubble wrap, it needs to be put in a box, and you need to put these these five labels on it. Those sorts of things are all there, and they're all there forever until the end of the Airtable base that I'm running. And putting in that legwork early is something that I like to do because as I've built kind of my eBay business, I've realized, hey, if I would have done some of these things earlier on, I'd have saved myself a lot of headaches down the road. And once you put in work for a spreadsheet or work for an Airtable base or whatever you're doing, like the thing about code is that once you put in work for code, it stays there and it's there forever. And now it's saving you time into the future inevitably. Where, uh, maybe not inevitably, but like it's just it's just saving you time every time you go to use whatever you're using. It's, it's putting in the work for you. And that one eight-hour session is saving you countless hours down the road where if you're kind of wasting time here, wasting time there, trying to do something that could be automated, eventually you're going to have overdone that eight hour time that it would have taken you to put in at the beginning. And it just like, it, it, it's inefficient to keep doing something over and over and over again that could be automated. But also it just feels better whenever something is like already automated and you don't have to put in as much work because it's less tedious and nobody wants to do tedious work. Some people may enjoy it, but like I don't and probably a lot of people that are running a business don't enjoy the tedious work. That's why they outsource the bookkeeping. That's why they outsource uh, for us like a lot of the sourcing and stuff, this, the boring types of sourcing. Like if I'm going to a garage sale, that's for pleasure, right? I want to go there and look for different items and just find something stupid that I can sell, buy it for five bucks and sell it for 50. Like that sort of thing's fun. I don't want to outsource that, but I would like to outsource the basic buying, the basic item looking up, the basic stuff that isn't fun, right? Going and browsing Amazon and looking for Keepa charts, that is not fun to me. That's not something I want to do every day. That's something I want to outsource to a virtual assistant or a team of VAs and say, hey, I need you guys to look for this. And hey, one of you is a designated purchaser. And so here's a here's a card and there's a limit on it. So they obviously can't just like run that thing up somewhere. And then they can purchase for me. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And and that's scalable. That's doable in the future. But if I'm not putting in that legwork now to kind of make these things scalable in the future, it's going to take a lot more to do whenever it comes time to put in that work. 
because there's going to be so many moving parts going on, it's going to be hard to organize my business. And I'm going to be so busy that I'm not going to want to do it then. And so while things are slower, while I'm still learning, kind of taking parts of my day aside and saying, hey, I'm going to put this into my Airtable base to make it robust. So that way, when I enter information here, it's everywhere accessible for me. And I, I can take information from Ace and Zen, put it in the one part of the spreadsheet. And then if I decide I want to buy that item, I copy it, I put it into my SKU list. And now I can pull all those SKUs into my purchases and I can pull all those purchases into my sold items. And the whole thing just kind of flows and works together. And if I didn't put in that legwork at the beginning, it'd be really hard come tax time to try and figure out, okay, did I sell this item? Did I sell this item? How much did I buy this one for? Uh, how much inventory do I have left? Now come tax time, I'm not gonna have to worry about that. I won't feel like putting in this amount of work come tax time because hopefully my business will be doing a lot better then. So I'm gonna have to stop my business. I'm gonna lose momentum to go back and put in all this work into the spreadsheet where now things are slow. It's summer slowdown anyways. Why not take some of that time and learn? Why not take some of that time and put it into working on the business instead of in the business? So that's what I've been working on. It's been good. I've been happy with it. Again, setting up a professional email, setting up a Airtable base that kind of is a lot more automated than just my standard Google sheet or Excel sheet would be. Those sorts of things are helpful for me and they will pay dividends later on whenever either I'm looking for information or whether I'm just trying to scale my business. Again, building all these things for scalability has been kind of my play. And so I wanna be able to support a million dollar Amazon business with some of the stuff that I'm building. And I honestly think it's very doable. I think that the Airtable base that I have easily support a million dollars in sales. I think that the organization that I have on my business easily support a million dollars in sales. I think the only thing that's lacking right now is the shipping center that I have, which is a huge goal for me this quarter is to make that as efficient as possible. Obviously, my sourcing methods aren't as efficient because I'm still learning. I don't have other people doing it for me and just trying to kind of streamline things. And so once that's done, once I can hire a couple people to help me ship, it'll be, I mean, there's not really a whole lot holding me back at that point other than my knowledge and what I can do with the business. And so that's kind of putting in that early legwork, putting in that early uh, you know, effort to try and get things ready to roll so that when things start to really flow, it's not breaking all the systems in the business. That's something that I like to do and hopefully it works out. We'll see. I haven't done it this way before. I, again, with my eBay business, I kind of like sporadically, I, I built a spreadsheet to start out. It wasn't very good. It wasn't good at handling stuff. I wasn't kind of doing the best uh, checking on all of my profit numbers and stuff. So like I didn't know how much money I was making sometime and I'd have to go back through and add in a bunch of sales and stuff. And I go, oh, I lost money on that item. I thought I made money. Now it's a lot more streamlined. I know exactly what my numbers are. If I want to go take a look at them, I can anytime that I want to. That sort of stuff will be invaluable to me as I grow my business and try and figure out what to do to grow it, what to do to cut off things that are losing me money and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, with that being said, it's a lot. It's a bit of a longer podcast, so I'm going to wrap things up here. But you guys have a great rest of your Monday. We have some shoes dropping this week too, so just pay attention to those. Go on Sneaker News, look up their shoe drops of the week. It's going to be crazy. I think that there's some decent-looking Jordans coming out this week. And I am pretty bullish on, supposedly, there's like this white, Cardinal white and or Cardinal red and white Air Jordan 1 Low coming out this week. I don't know. I didn't see anybody mention it in any of the groups that I'm in, but I did see it on Sneaker News. So if that does release, it may have gotten pushed back. But if it does release, I am pretty bullish on those. It's clean. It's a good-looking shoe. So those clean Jordan 1s typically do well especially the Jordan 1 lows so we'll kind of see how these end up faring but that's something I'm bullish on this week so anyway with that being said I'm gonna go you guys have a great rest of your Monday and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast have a good one peace, peace.